We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's January 5th, it is 2023. First NFL podcast of 2023. We have the Week 18 NFL podcast, last regular season one. I think we're going to do the first couple weeks of the playoffs anyway. Uh, basketball slates are like three or four games those days, so we might cover both basketball and football on those days. Uh, to be determined, but... Probably not the last time we talk football this year, uh, for what it's worth. So, joined today by my buddy Keith Eiser, Eyes Eight One Nine. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, man, this this is final regular season week is always a fun one. Definitely have to pay attention to the news here. We've got all kinds of teams with different motivations that obviously factors into to who we want to target to score some fantasy points this week. So it's always a, an extremely interesting week. If you're willing to dig in and do the work and figure out each team's situation, I think there's a there's a huge edge in this week, more so than most weeks. So it, it's always a good one to play. I can't say that I'm I quite feel comfortable with it yet, but I'm I'm ready to to take a first look 
and figure out exactly how we're attacking this one for sure. First look yep. is the key word here. I mean, things are going to change. About it, we talk about it in basketball a lot, but I mean, there's so much news um, that's just going to come out in general. Like, I just want everyone to know. I just want to get this like out there. I am, you know, deeply thinking every single hour of every single day about Demar Hamlin. Um, we're going to continue yeah. to talk football. We're going to break down these games like this week is going to happen. Who knows what the NFL is going to do, but it sounds like everyone's going to play. I think everyone is like everyone wants Hamlin to be okay. I uh, just everyone wants DeMar Hamlin to be okay. And I think that you could talk football and still have the respect and, you know, know that like you're praying and thinking about him and his family. So just want to get that out there before. Cause I mean, the first game we're going to talk about is Buffalo and we're going to talk very little about that game. And then we're going to kind of move on. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible situation. It, it really is. Um, and very, very much thinking of him and his family. So just want to get that out there. We're going to talk 13 games, week 18. So much to talk about. Uh, this slate's so much fun. Th- like the last week of the NFL season is so much fun. Like, it's just so much fun because you got teams not playing for anything. You got teams not playing anything and trying out, you know, young quarterbacks, rookie players. You have teams that don't have anything to play for. Their starters might play a half. So there's so much edge in betting, fantasy, everything this week. So we're going to give you a first look like we normally do, but a lot could potentially change from the time we record the podcast till, you know, Sunday, Saturday. I mean, there's there's a two-game slate on Saturday with massive prize pools. So um, a lot can change. The games on Saturday are fantastic. They both have meaning. They both, you know, have something going on. So, you know, I the my favorite game of the weekend is Sunday night. You know, I, I'm, I'm so disappointed that the nfl put that game on sunday night they really botched that one didn't they because like like, man detroit green bay playing to for who gets into the playoffs would have been so much fun i know they need like a sunday night football game and i know like that game it should probably be the game that they put on sunday night but the flip side of that is like if that game's played at the same time as the Seattle game, it just has so much more like excitement yep. on both sides. Um, the flip side is Detroit Green Bay rivalries. You, you know, like Detroit's not going to want Green Bay to, to make the playoffs, and if they have a chance to keep them out anyway, it's just the the excitement for that game. It would so much higher if it's the same time as Seattle. Like, I mean, there's just so many potential like scenarios, but I don't know, like. Honestly, I don't know what game you put on Sunday night. Do you put the Dolphins game on Sunday night? Because if they win, um, they're in, right? Like, I think that's how it works. New England might have to lose. Um, I think New England has to lose now that I think about it. But Yeah, New England controls their destiny for sure. Yeah, New England controls their destiny. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what game you put. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, I don't know what game. But I hate that it's that game. (laughs) Selfishly hate that it's that game. Um because I mean that's the it's the best game of the weekend. So I mean listen, Seattle fans, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of hoping Seattle loses and we get Sunday night football, Detroit, <laughs> Green Bay, winner goes gets in the playoffs. Like that's a, it's just a cool scenario. So but listen, if you're a Seattle fan, you're like, let's win and then come <laughs> on, Detroit. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Um week 18, 13 games. 
FanDuel's including the Sunday night football game, so we might, depending on how much time we take, you know, just kind of talk about that game as well. So it might be 14 games. Um, I love that FanDuel's including that game. I think that that game is when you're looking at a bunch of games with totals under 44 and that game is just so juicy, you're like, gosh, I would that wish that game was on the main slate and it is on FanDuel. So yeah, anyway, here we go. We get started. New England at Buffalo. This game has a 42 and a half total. Buffalo is a seven point favorite. Um, We'll go New England first and we'll talk about Buffalo. I, I mean, the, the game last week being up in limbo kind of changes this whole game because if the Chiefs win, um, the Chiefs win Saturday and the Bills and Cincinnati game does not resume, which, I mean, it, we all think it's not going to resume, right? I, I just don't see if they're not going to push the playoffs back, which they're not. The Super Bowl, NASCAR comes back. Fox has a huge deal with the Daytona 500 and everything. They, they can't really push the playoffs back. So I think we're all going to just see maybe a tie scenario for that Cincinnati game, which means like the the Bills, they need the two wins. So if the Chiefs win Saturday, the Bills have nothing to play for on Sunday. So New England, they're in a must-win situation. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to potentially look at New England in this game. Um, I mean, Buffalo, they really don't have anything to play for. They get the tiebreaker over Cincinnati now if that game becomes a tie so i don't know what we're what we're thinking here with buffalo but i mean new england on the like we're gonna start with new england tough defense baltimore buffalo must win game for new england impossible to know what we're going to be looking at i mean buffalo did not practice wednesday which we knew that was going to kind of happen um what are your thoughts here on new england yeah, I mean, it's a, a win and in scenario for New England. So they're coming to play in this game. Um, they're not a fun team. Now that they're getting healthier, it's a difficult team to break down. We were playing a ton of Ramondre Stevenson while Damian Harris was out. Damian Harris came back last week and handled a large share of the running back work. He, he got 19 or nine carries. Sorry. Um, like just he cut into to Stevenson's share so much. Stevenson's flate price is so inflated because Harris missed that time. Like you, I think you want to target the the New England running game, but we're back to this split backfield here in New England. Harris being fourteen hundred cheaper than Stevenson, I don't hate shots on him. Um, I just I don't know if I can pay this price for Ramondre Stevenson when he's giving up such a, a large share of the work that he's had over the past few weeks. I think you can still take shots on the passing game as well. I'm not sure how successful they'll be able to be in the passing game. I think they have a better chance of, of doing it on the ground. That's what they prefer to do anyway. Jacoby Myers is 5,100. I think he's in play as kind of the wide receiver one here. Devontae Parker with a chance to come back. He's only 3,700. We saw him play fairly well. So I don't think you can just write this New England team off. It's very difficult to figure out. Hunter Henry at 3,300, another name I want to throw out there. Um, like New England is playing for something here. They need to score points against Buffalo. I'm I'm with you, and I don't know exactly how to handle Buffalo. It can go two of two different ways. Like they could be extremely motivated um, with that entire situation, or they could just come out here and be like, you know, it's not going to improve our seating. We're going to take another week off and just kind of gather ourselves. So. The other side of this game is very difficult to figure out. I know New England is playing for something. I, you probably want some exposure here. 
Um, but it's a difficult situation for sure, uh, especially with some of the guys they have returning from injury. Yeah, I mean, this is a scenario that if Buffalo plays their guys in this game, New England's a team that I'm probably very, very underweight for, for a team that like has to win and get in. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, though, Kansas city wins Saturday. They're playing Vegas. Kansas city should win Saturday. Uh, they already came out and said they're going to play their starters. So, you know, they, they win, they get a week off. So, I mean, you're kind of expecting Kansas City to win. And if that happens, does Buffalo, who have absolutely nothing to play for, heavy hearts still, going to be a short week if they do return to practice at all this week? And just do they risk it? And, I I mean, I don't think they do. So in that scenario, I think Myers is my favorite. I don't think I get to Mac Jones just because I think there's a lot of value at quarterback this week. Um, so Mac Jones has, I, I think one game over 20 fantasy points this season, 5k. I, I still kind of want that four X at quarterback. So I like Myers Myers, 22% target share. He's the guy I can get all of Mac Jones production through Myers. Um, if Parker comes back, I don't think you take shots on Bourne or, or, um, Thornton. Isn't that who like had a random weird game this past weekend? Yep. So against Miami, but I think it's Myers. If everyone plays for Buffalo, underweight on New England in general, but I still think it's Myers. Like I think Myers is the guy that I'm playing from New England, if anything. I mean, the Buffalo side of this game, it's I I just I mean, I'm all for just skipping it until we find out more information. It's impossible to break down. If they play all their starters. Do they play the fourth quarter or the second half because they they potentially don't have anything to play for? I think Buffalo is only interesting if Kansas City loses or the NFL comes out and says like the Kansas or the Cincinnati Buffalo game is going to resume on Thursday next week and the playoffs are going to get pushed to Tuesday. That game's going to get something along those lines. I don't see that happening, but we'll see um I, buffalo is just impossible to break down going into this game right now on a wednesday night yeah i just want to touch on like there's no way they they force buffalo to play that cincinnati game um that would put them playing like three games in two weeks and one of those is a playoff game like that's just an unfair disadvantage to a team that has already been through so much. There's no way the NFL can do that. I think it goes um, to a tie or something. They give a team, like both teams a tie and Buffalo has nothing to play for if Kansas city wins. I mean, that's, I yep. feel like that's the, that's the decision that's going to happen. Yes. I, I'm on board with that. Because um, it's not and, fair to Cincinnati too. They're a playoff team too. Like, you know, we have to think about that. Like they are potentially playing like, Right, the and the two and the three seed don't really matter. Like uh, the home field advantage, if they make it that far, is important. But it's not like we're talking about a first round buy here. Like Kansas City would have the first round buy locked up with the win. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to to figure out who in the two who the two and the three seed are playing that game, forcing them to play two games in, or three games in two weeks is just yep. it's an under disadvantage. And Richie says, "Call it a no contest." I don't think they can do that. I think they have to give each team a tie. Um, 
because of how it, I mean, a no contest would potentially put the Ravens in line to have a chance to win, I think, right? Like the, the Ravens would have a chance to pass the Bengals, I think, in that scenario, if it's a no contest. But anyway, I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I was reading earlier today. Um, the Ravens definitely still have a chance to win the AFC North. So, yeah, so, yeah that is. And like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I meant. They still have a chance to win the NFC North. So, um, I, I mean, it, that it's just a scenario. Where it's it's just tough. But um, I think that I think they need the Bengals to lose twice. They would need the um, Bengals to lose twice. Yeah. So if it's if it's a tie or no contest, that's still not a loss per se. If the so yeah, I, if that game goes to a tie, then the Bengals don't have anything to play for this weekend either. So, I think the NFL is going to decide. I think it will come out Thursday or Friday. What's going to happen with that game? I think, you know, they have to make a decision. Um, I know it's a tough decision. It's, it, I mean, it's a terrible situation. But we'll, we'll definitely, like, throughout the week, touch on this Buffalo situation more. Like, I usually start working on an expert survey on, like, Thursday night, Friday morning. I'm definitely going to be working on it, like, Friday night. Uh, because, I mean, there's just so much news you have to wait for this week. So, But we're going to move on. We got the Jets at Miami taking on the Dolphins. 38 and a half total in this game. Jets a one-point favorite. Uh, I mean, Miami needs to win. You know, the Jets got eliminated last week. They have nothing to play for outside of they're playing the rival and they don't want them to make the playoffs. Uh, so I mean, I think that this is a great opportunity for you know Mike White and this young Jets team to kind of you know get one more game under their belt. So let's talk Jets. Um, I mean, Miami's been really tough against the run this season, but they've really struggled against the pass. Um, Garrett Wilson has been someone who the last couple weeks I've been off of, you know, he had a really tough matchup against Seattle. I just didn't really get on that Jacksonville game. Uh, But I think this is a perfect opportunity for Garrett Wilson to end the season like a big note. Um, He's over a thousand yards. I think this is a great opportunity for us to go back to the well on Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I like that call. Um, Mike White struggled a little bit last week, but he's a guy that they're clearly comfortable letting throw the ball all over the place. He threw 46 times again last week. Um, three of his four starts, he's been at 44 pass attempts or more. So I, I think the passing game is where you want to target this Jets team. Um, they're obviously very banged up in the running backs room with Brees Hall going down. It's a little bit of a split there with, Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter as well. Um, don't hate shots on either of those guys, but really the passing game, I think, is is where we're targeting this Jets team. Love the Garrett Wilson call. Um, 11 targets last week. He only caught three of them for, for 18 yards, which is just wild. Um, he has a chance to have a, a monster game here. He's going to see the targets. I think they're going to be they're going to have more success against Miami defense than they did against the Seattle defense last weekend. So, agree. Garrett Wilson is where I, where I'm targeting first. Um, I like Tyler Conklin as well at 3600. We saw six targets for him last week. Every time Mike well Mike White has been at the helm, Conklin has has received a decent workload. Um, and then another guy that I took some shots on last week that didn't get there at all is Elijah Moore. But I I feel like. He also got a boost when Mike White was behind center, um, so I don't I don't hate him at thirty four hundred as as a punt wide receiver option. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm definitely way more interested in the the passing game for the Jets here. Um, Knight looked great 
and you know he was doing really well uh but i mean there's just it's a it's a crowded situation right now and miami's like a funnel defense they want you to throw the ball on them so um i, I mean for me attacking the passing game i don't think i take shots on mike white um i don't think it's the craziest thing in the world but I think he, like, going back to the conversation of, like, Mac Jones, I think I would play Mike White before I'd play Mac Jones um, in this game. So, uh, Wilson, Conklin would be my two favorites here from the Jets' passing attack. Miami side, um, gosh, my Dolphins just, listen, I'm really glad they're not even, like, talking about Tua playing in this game. I, I don't think he should play again this season. I mean, as a fan, you know, you want to see Tua out there because he's your best chance to win. But as a fan of the game, um, two tough concussions this year for him, potentially three. Um, so I think he needs to sit out. Um, Bridgewater, like, broke his finger last week or something. I, I don't even know. Um, I, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be Skylar Thompson starting this week <laughs> which is not our best chance to win which brings the jets defense into play um the the thing is right at the end of the day miami has so much speed tyree kill and waddle they're just so incredibly fast um that they could break open big plays these guys are gonna get the ball i mean mozart and wilson kind of just share the workload like we saw Wilson get a ton of work last week compared to like Mozart. Um, and then Mozart like got the passing work. So, I mean, if I were going to play one of those guys, it'd be Mozart. Um, but I mean, I, I take some shots here on, on Hill just because he's going to be extremely low owned. Um, no one's going to play Hill because of Thompson. And I mean, the dolphins have to win this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teddy has a, a broken pink or dislocated pinky finger. And I saw reports that he could not even like physically throw a football because he couldn't, couldn't grip it with the dislocated pinky. Yeah, he's not going to play. I mean, he's got a couple of days to try to heal up. And they did say that he showed enough progress today to be able to still be, to have a chance play, but it's still looking pretty unlikely. Um, I, don't, I told you last week. I thought your Dolphins had a chance with Teddy against New England. If they if they have to go to Skylar Thompson, it's it's going to be a tough spot against this really good uh, Jets defense. I think the running game is where you have to look. Like Skylar Thompson is just not quite there as an NFL quarterback yet. Um, yes, they have immense talent at the wide receiver position. I just like this Jets secondary is really good. Also. Um, I can't, I don't know if I can pay 8,600 for Tyree kill. I get it. He's low owned. He can break anything off. Like they could literally throw him a a screen pass behind the line of scrimmage that he takes 80 yards for a touchdown. So he is in play. Not sure how much I'm getting there. Um, really tough spot for Miami here. Unfortunate situation because they, they were one of the most fun teams to watch all, all season long, but unfortunately some, some injuries hit him here at the end that, that are really going to impact their chances. They had plenty of opportunities the last few weeks to win games um, and not to be in this scenario. They could easily just be sitting Hill and Waddle and Tua this week and, you know, not even worrying about things. But, I mean, that's football. Um, you got to win the games you're supposed to win. I will say, like, so Tua was out the first time against the Jets earlier this season, and Bridgewater got a concussion, like, super early in that game. Um, I think it was, like, the first quarter even. 
I think he only had like one or two pass attempts. That's the game that Skylar Thompson came in. He threw the ball 33 times, 166 yards um, in that game, 58 passer rating. Um, I mean, you're just not expecting much. Tyreek had seven targets, seven catches on seven targets for like 48 yards, I think. Um, so, I mean, you're not expecting much. The thing you're thinking here is just like you're getting four full, full quarters out of your Dolphins, guys, because this game is a must-win game. And you're just playing the talent that you know they're going to get the ball. You know the guys are going to get the ball. So you're just playing the talent and hoping they get a couple big plays. But overall, I don't love this spot. I don't love this game. I mean, it has a 38.5 total. Like, that's not saying much because there's a lot of low total games this week. But, I mean, if Tua was playing in this game, it's a whole different conversation. Completely different conversation. So... Minnesota at Chicago, 43 and a half total in this game. Minnesota is a seven and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, Minnesota potentially could move into the two seed if San Francisco lost. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those scenarios like San Francisco is playing at four o'clock. This game's at one o'clock. Like, we'll talk about that when we get to the 49ers, but I mean, they can't drop. They're the three seed or the two seed. Um, what are your thoughts here on Minnesota? My thoughts, are I hope people play Minnesota because they're going to destroy the Nathan, Nathan Peterman-led Chicago Bears. And there's a very small chance that San Francisco loses to Arizona. Like, Arizona is really banged up as well. Um San Francisco, I don't even think has to play. We'll get to that game when we get to it, but like they could rest some people and still have of the still be huge favorites against Arizona. The question is can Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson do enough in a half of football to matter on this, in my opinion? Like, I, I think the minute that Minnesota is going to score plenty of points. I just don't know how long the starters are going to, going to be out there. Chicago is not putting up a fight in this spot. Um, Justin Fields has been ruled out already. There's just, there's no way that, that Chicago can hang with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think Minnesota is extremely overrated. So that's saying a lot. It's just the quarterback change is a huge deal for Chicago. Um, like I think Alexander Madison might be my favorite play in this game. Um, Dalvin cook is great if he's going to play four quarters, but I don't know that he's going to, I think Minnesota gets a very comfortable lead and they begin to rest guys like Dalvin cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson. So I'm very cautious on, on how much I'm playing Minnesota here. Um, it's not because I don't think they're going to be able to have success. It's because I think they're not going to play the full game. Um, the, the quote from the coach was we're playing our guys, but that's not necessarily going to be true if they're up three scores. And I just don't see, Anyway, that that Nathan Peterman is going to be able to move the ball on this team, even though it's a terrible pass defense. Nathan Peterman's a terrible quarterback. So uh, Vikings defense at 900. I'm interested in both running backs, but I just don't know that Dalvin Cook is playing enough to pay off a 7300 price tag. So Alexander Anderson at 5100 is in play for me. This is a whole different conversation if Minnesota beats Green Bay last week. You know, because there's so much for Minnesota to play for in that scenario. So, 
Um, I mean, they, I mean, you, you said it, they said they're going to play their guys. I think Jefferson is, what is it? Like one ninety four away from the record. I mean, I'm going to build teams with cousins and Jefferson because of the record, because they played absolutely terrible last week. And this is a great spot for them to get back on track. It's a, it's a game where we go out. Jefferson catches two touchdowns in the first half. We get maybe a little bit of the third quarter because Chicago can't keep up and he still gets like 30 fantasy points. So I'm going to play those scenario lineups, but overall, overall, I agree with you hundred percent. Vikings have nothing to play for. San Francisco is not losing to Arizona. We'll talk about San Francisco when we get there. I mean, they have to play their guys if Minnesota wins this game, which becomes even more interesting in that scenario. But, I mean, if Minnesota were to lose this game, if they were just to punt this game, then, I mean, there's no way I'm playing Christian McCaffrey in that scenario. So, um, for what it's worth. But, I mean, it's me. But, yeah, I mean, Jefferson is close enough to the record. Like, he's close enough. It would have been a lot better if he had, like, an 80-yard game last week and we're just like, oh, man. Yeah, if you needed, like, 130 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, then we'd be talking about slamming Jefferson in here. If he needed 130 yards to break the all-time record, absolutely, we'd be slamming Jefferson here. But 196 is, like, that's, I don't know that he can do it in three quarters. I mean, against this Bears defense, anything is possible. But, like, they would, he would just have to go nuts for a half and... I suppose he could. I don't. I don't hate the the hedge build. Uh, having a couple of teams, um, just in case they they let him go for it. But I don't think it's very likely they let him go for it. I mean, this is a guy that they have no problem getting 15, 16 targets to a game. So he's had what two games? Is it like two, three games over one eighty and two games over one ninety this season? So I mean, like the possibility is there. He had 154 against Chicago earlier this season um, on 12 catches. Like, this defense is terrible. He could he could really, like, rack up, like, 150 yards in the first half of this game. And then, you know, if you're the coach and you're like, listen, I don't want him to get hurt, but I also know that, like, this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. So if you're playing Jefferson, you really hope he comes out and just has a huge first half where they're like, Hey, let's get these guys a little bit more run in the third quarter. Um, but I mean, the flip side is if Chicago can keep this game somewhat close because Minnesota has just been <laughs> so bad defensively. Um, I mean, that's, what's going to cost them. This offense is fantastic, but the defense is just terrible. That's, what's going to cost them in the playoffs. But I mean, if Chicago, can keep this game close. I, I like this spot a lot more if Fields was playing. And he was he's close to the NFL record for rushing too. And it's like if he I think if it wasn't like a hip thing, I think he would have been playing as well to try to and we could have been talking no, about it, like it's a it's a might we might have, Minnesota is bad enough we might actually beat them if Fields is playing. Like that yeah. I don't think Fields I think it's a fake injury fields. I know he's like 65 yards away from the all time quarterback rushing record. And I'm a little bit surprised they didn't let him go for that. But they have a legitimate chance. The Texans play the Colts this week. And, I mean, the, both of those teams are terrible. If the Texans lose, the Bears get the first the first overall pick. I, I legitimately think it's a scenario where, like, they're like, we don't want to take any chances of accidentally winning this game. Because Minnesota is not that great. Yeah. I mean, if, if that was the case, though, don't you let Fields go out and 
you know, run the ball like the first half and get the record and then, and then bring in. I, I just, I really think like the hip has been a thing the last like month and a half. And I mean, the direction of the Bears seems like Justin Fields is the answer for right now. So why get him hurt? I, I feel like that's kind of where they're at. But uh, let's go to the Chicago side of this game. And <sighs> we got Nathan <laughs> Peterman. We got Nathan Peterman. I don't think it's crazy to play some of the passing game here just because Minnesota is so bad against the pass. It's just trying to figure out who you take shots on. Like, who do you take shots on? Like, St. Brown, Pettis, and Claypool are all extremely cheap. I lean towards, like, Cole Komet at 46. Um, you know, we don't have we don't have Travis Kelsey on the slate. We're both in agreement that like Hawkinson might not see the fourth quarter, maybe even the third quarter. Kittle might not need to play a ton in that game. So like top tight end wise is kind of shaky. So maybe I, I get some Cole Komet this week. Um, I'm not playing Peterman. I will take some shots on the passing game here. Um, also, I don't know how much I even love Montgomery in this spot. I mean, they, you nailed it last week on the podcast. You said that, you know, we're going to see more Herbert and it was enough where like Montgomery didn't just do anything against the wor- one of the worst run defenses in the league. Yeah. I, I just, I cannot go to this bears offense here. Um, Nathan Peterman is we've seen enough chances for Nathan Peterman where we know he's not a good NFL quarterback. Um, he should not be starting an NFL game at this point. Like you said, they want to lose. So, why not? yeah, exactly. Um, Komet, the price is too too tough for me. I mean, he got the touchdown last week, but there, there's just no way I'm I'm playing any Bears here. Um, like St. Brown at 3400, he did just sign up sign on for next year, so I think he's the the one wide receiver. Maybe I would take a shot on. Um, I don't think they're going to risk Claypool in this spot. They might want to reevaluate St. Brown a little bit more. 3,400, fine with that if you absolutely wanted to run back on your your Jefferson stuff. Uh, but I don't love the price on Komet. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not playing much of this at all. It might be one of the scenarios to take some shots on the Minnesota defense. Um, yeah. And, like, the but Madison call, maybe, sure. like, Madison, Minnesota defense um, is in play this week. Peterman 2018 was his last like full game and he threw 49 attempts for 189 passing yards. <laughs> he yards per attempt for 3.9. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> yards per attempt 3.9. He threw three picks in that game. Um he did have a rushing touchdown which at 4800 if he could rush a touchdown it would be huge, but I don't think you can kind of bet on that. I, I just think like you're going to potentially see either Herbert or Komet getting a ton of little short end targets and maybe being a difference maker. But like you said, Komet's price is kind of tough. Um, so maybe in that scenario, you take shots on like a Pettis or St. Brown and just they're really cheap. It's week 18. You never know like <laughs> kind of thing, but <laughs> we spent way too much time on the Chicago bears. Um, Justin Fields is in this game. It's a completely different situation. Baltimore at Cincinnati, 41 and a half total. Cincinnati is a seven point favorite. This game matters. Um, depending on what the NFL does with the Cincinnati Buffalo game, this game matters because 
Baltimore could potentially pass Cincinnati. Um, if they win this game, depending on what the NFL does with last week's game. So, um, I mean, if you're Baltimore, again, again, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Hamlin is your first thought. But if you're Baltimore, you're like, man, really wanted to see that game kind of play out because if if Buffalo beats Cincinnati, then, hey, we have a chance in week 18 to win the division. But, um, listen, I think Baltimore, this game – Gosh, this game's so tough right now. Depending on what the NFL does is how you have to approach this game. Um, if they say they're not going to replay that game and it is what it is, this game means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Chargers have the tiebreaker on Baltimore. So, you know, depending on if the Chargers win or not against Denver, against Denver, and depending on like, what uh, yeah like they can't move they can go up i guess one but i mean cincinnati would have nothing to play for um so this is a really tough game to talk about until we know what's going to happen with the cincinnati buffalo game um but let's let's chat let's chat we'll go baltimore first um if this game means nothing for baltimore there's no way lamar plays Right, I I think this game means something for Baltimore either way because you mentioned they can move up to the five seed, and if you move to the five seed, you avoid the top three seeds. You don't have to play Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati. So it's a pretty big deal to move into that five seed. But you're hoping you're hoping the Chargers lose to Denver, I guess. Correct. Yep, they have to have the Chargers lose also to do that. No, yeah, I mean, so okay, I I, I I hear you, I hear you. But, They're still not playing Lamar here. Like that's yeah. I mean, kind of where I'm at. If Huntley's out too, like I don't know. Um, I just don't see how you play Lamar. I don't see how you can really touch anything here. Um, maybe Dobbins at 5700. You need you really need him to score a touchdown, which he's not done great with because of who his quarterbacks are. Because like Gus Edwards can get some work too. I, I mean. It's it's such a tough scenario. Um, yeah, man. I, I feel like Baltimore tries to win this game because you never know what's going to happen in that Denver game. Um, so, but who plays quarterback? I, I just, yeah. Listen, if this game matters, like if, if whatever the NFL does with that Cincinnati game, if this game, if Baltimore can beat Cincinnati, Lamar Jackson plays in this game. And then this this conversation completely changes because if Lamar plays in this game, now we're talking Mark Andrews at 5,400. He's one of the top plays on the entire slate. Um, so it just becomes a whole different conversation if, if Lamar is playing. Uh, but if it's going to be Huntley and it's not going to be Lamar, I really probably – I mean, I'm just going to continue to do what I've been doing with Baltimore, uh, and that's just not playing these guys like – they scored 13 against Pittsburgh. They scored 17 against Atlanta, one of the worst defenses in the league. Three points against Cleveland, 16 points against Pittsburgh, and 10 points against Denver. They have not scored over 17 points in the last five games. Um, and I just, I, I just, I mean, Cincinnati's a good defense. Cincinnati, depending on what happens, might not have anything to play for. But um, I mean, I think we get at least potentially like the first first half or so for the starters for Cincinnati. Um, so 
I just don't see anything. If it's Huntley, I don't play anything from Baltimore outside of maybe taking some shots on Dobbins. If it's Jackson, it's a completely different conversation. Yeah, quarterback definitely matters here. I like the Dobbins call. I'm interested in him either way. Uh, Very tough matchup against Cincinnati, like you've mentioned. Um, They've been an outstanding defense all year despite dealing with some injuries. The other spot I'm interested in is the ends, and it's just because they fill a tight end spot. Um, Huntley found Andrews. Andrews had nine targets caught all night last week, um, and Isaiah likely scored. He's only 2,800. I think you can take shots on the tight ends either way. I agree. I would be much more likely to do that if Jackson was the quarterback over Huntley. Um, but like Andrews price has come down so much. He's a guy that has a hundred yards and two touchdowns in his range of outcomes, even with Huntley as his quarterback, I think um, 5,400. I'm still interested in Andrews and likely just as a complete punt, I think you can play as well. Um, going to the other side of this game, this is kind of where it gets tricky because if, if like that, if that game gets ruled as a tie, I don't even know. Cause like Cincinnati, they would have a higher win percentage. So they would have the tiebreaker on Baltimore, even if Baltimore wins this game. Um, if that, right. like, unless they take a loss, which how do you give them a loss if you don't play the game? Kind of thing. Yeah, that that's not happening. I, right. I, it's so either have, a tie or a no contest, and that that they play, only affects which, the winning percentage. Yeah, I, the only. But either way, way it's I, still higher than Baltimore's. I still don't see like if you're Cincinnati. Like the only way I think this game has a remote chance of playing is if Kansas City loses on Saturday. I think that's the only way we see Baltimore Cincinnati or Buffalo Cincinnati. Anyway, um. I mean, there's a lot to discuss here for Cincinnati. It really just comes down to what's going on with this game. Um, I mean, Browning got activated already from like elevated. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see a reason for Cincinnati. Like T. Higgins, from what I like, he's been at the hospital every day. Uh, we need to be praying for him too. I mean, mentally, I'm sure he's going through a lot um, from that like collision and. I mean, he's probably going through a lot, so we need to be praying for him too. But Cincinnati is impossible to talk about until we know what the NFL is doing with the Cincinnati Buffalo game. But I think we're, I think everyone's kind of thinking that it's either a tie, a no contest. And in that scenario, Cincinnati has absolutely nothing to play for. They will be the three seed no matter what, because Buffalo would have the tiebreaker on Cincinnati. Cincinnati would have the tiebreaker on Baltimore. So Cincinnati will be the three seed. They rest their guys, right? You're not getting Jamar Chase hurt, who's kind of been banged up all year. Why hurt Burrow? Um, you can't move. You're the three seed. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, I mean, this is a a scenario where, yeah, uh, you might play Baltimore again next week in the playoffs. Why why risk your players in this game? Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at here. Um, and on like talking through that, I, that gives me a little bit more interest in the Baltimore side that we just talked about even if Huntley's the quarterback. Um, but yeah, I Baltimore don't see defense my... with Dobbins become yeah, more playable. I, yep. If, yeah. I mean, if we end up seeing Brandon Allen at quarterback, that's absolutely in play. Um, even if we get a half of Brandon Allen at quarterback, that's certainly in play. Um, yeah. I, I just, there's no way you can 
consider targeting Cincinnati pl- players until you know exactly what's happening here. And it really like it just comes down to what are they doing with the Cincinnati Buffalo game? I mean, right. That's it's a really tough decision. Like if you're if, <laughs> those meetings in the NFL office this week, are, I mean, those that's that's just tough. I mean, there, there's no right answer. Like there's no right answer. I mean, it's just a scenario. It's a, it's a lose lose situation. Um, I mean, they made the right call the other night postponing the game. Um, For sure. Th- there's no way you go back on the field in that scenario. So. Right. All right, we're cruising along here. We got Tampa Bay at Atlanta, 40 and a half total. Atlanta is a four and a half point favorite. I mean, Vegas is telling us everything we need to know. They they came out and they said Tom Brady's going to start this game. Um, they're the four seed. They're not moving. Tom Brady is not playing a lot in this game. Mike Evans is not playing a lot in this game. Uh, like Chris Godwin, Fournette, these guys are not playing a lot in this game. But... But, but Atlanta is one of the worst defenses in the league. And I don't want to play Blaine Gabbert, but, but <laughs> I might be taking some shots on like Vaughn and White, those types of guys. Russell Gage against his, like against Atlanta at 4,400. Like, this is one of those scenarios where we start talking week 18, last week of the NFL, and it's like, man, there's no way they play more than a quarter three quarters of gauge at 4,400 against the worst defense sign me up. Um, and whether it, I, I would assume they would kind of be like a split backfield between Vaughn and white, but I, I would, I just, why well, get white hurt too. So yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I think say. it I'm... could be like Keyshawn Vaughn week at 4,700. So <clears throat> excuse me. I like the cheap plays here for Tampa. I just don't see, I don't see them playing their guys here and I don't trust playing Gabbert, but I also think that he's capable enough to be, to get the ball to like gauge or, you know, Miller Perryman, these guys, like any of these cheap guys, but I I think it's going to be gauge. Yeah. I I like your thinking here and how we're playing this game. Agree with you. Like the Tampa Bay starters are not playing more than a quarter here. I don't think Um, I've, Like the running backs are my first thought, and I kind of agree with you. I think Rashad White is too involved. He's too important to their offense. Like Tom Brady has just been like a huge part of how they move the ball is checking it down to these running backs, and they rotate Fournette and White a ton. I don't think they would – I think they consider Rashad White a starter as well. So Keyshawn Vaughn is is the guy I would look to. He hasn't had a ton of success in his few years in the NFL, um, so it's still risky. But he's forty seven hundred. If he gets quarters of carries and checkdowns from Blaine Gabbert, I think he's absolutely in play. Um, I don't know if I trust the passing game. I know the Atlanta defense is really bad. Gage is forty four hundred. I I don't hate that call. Maybe somebody like Scotty Miller you can take a, a shot on. But I think it's going to be Perryman. Like he was Perryman, inactive. He's yeah. been inactive. Like he's one that like maybe he's been working on the practice squad and you know getting some second team like reps with Gabbert like Gage is still wide receiver three with Julio banged up so maybe it's Perryman at 3500 yeah I I can get on board with that like he's a one-year veteran type guy like I don't think there's any long-term plans for him here he hasn't been a part of like anything they've done this year so yeah I kind of like the Perryman call actually um 
Yeah, I think you, you're looking at a, a cheap punt play here that could get some additional run because Tampa Bay pulls their starters after. I Honestly, I could see it happening after a series. Like I can they, see like, them not playing yeah. them at all. Like, yeah. just keeping them active and just not playing them. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, though. You know, 1130 Sunday morning rolls around and we get Brady inactive, Godwin inactive, Evans inactive. There's no point of playing these guys. They really, like this team right here, is one of those teams where they have absolutely nothing to play for. Like, nothing at all. Nothing to play for. Um, it, it's kind of like, is it the Giants, right? I think the Giants are the other team that, like, they have absolutely nothing to play for. They can't be the five seed. They can't drop to the seven seed. Talk about them here in a minute. But, yeah, Tampa Bay, I'm going to be – I mean, this is the one of the worst. They're 30th in DVOA. Atlanta is terrible against the pass and the run. I think you look at these cheap wide receivers. I think you take some shots on Vaughn, especially like if Fournette is inactive. There's no reason to even run him out for a series in this game with him with his injury like history. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be taking some shots here on these cheap Tampa guys. And the one of the reasons here too, like I kind of like Ritter and I kind of like Atlanta. This is a great opportunity for Desmond Ritter to finish the season on a high note. Tampa's going to be taking out some of their better defensive players as well. It's not going to just be offense. London is 4,900. We know the connection is there. Like, I might actually play some Ritter-London combos because, because it's week 18. And as a rookie quarterback, like, you know, you kind of need to prove something. Even if it's against a bad defense, this is a great opportunity for him to come out and Finish the season on a high note. Um, I mean, Atlanta's a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Desmond Ritter is not a name I expected to hear <laughs> in your player week 18, pool. man. I play more lineups indeed. than I do all season in Week 18 because I think the edge is just massive. Week 1 and Week 18, I think the edge is just massive. I can completely get on with your Drake London call. He's seen an awesome target share over the last four weeks. Really all season long. They just haven't thrown the ball enough. Um, but like he's been near double digit targets each of the last four weeks. I love Drake London here. I don't know that I'm playing Desmond Ritter alongside of him, but I, I will play some Drake London for sure. I'm interested in Tyler Algier. Um, we talked yep. about him last yeah. week. He had another great game. This on paper is a terrible matchup against a fantastic Tampa Bay defense, but you just touched on it. They're gonna they're gonna rest guys on the defensive side here also. Um I think Algeria at 5,600 in a perceived bad matchup is a fantastic play. So Algeria and London are the guys for me. I don't think I'm getting to Desmond Ritter. Um, there is a guy in this range that I'm considering shots on that we'll get to. Um, We're going to talk about I him mean, too. R- don't worry. Ritter does, Ritter does have some upside for sure. He he that will run the football. So maybe I get there by Sunday. Not a guy that I came in here intending to play, but you have me reconsidering. I mean, as a rookie quarterback, Atlanta, they're 6-10. and 10. They're not getting a first pick. Whatever. Like, they, they go into this game. It's the last game at home of the season. This game's in Atlanta. I think I'd have a little bit different thoughts if this game was in Tampa. This game's in Atlanta on the turf, at home in front of their fans. Let Ritter have a game to kind of get the fan base a little excited for next year. I mean, they were really excited when they drafted, you know, London and they got Ritter and Everyone kind of came into the season like, oh, Mariota is going to start like the first five or six weeks, and then Ritter is going to come in, and this is going to be a completely different team. I think this is a game you let Desmond Ritter just have a game. 
And I mean, let him let it open up the playbook a little bit. Let him throw 35 times in this game. So I'm going to play some. I like London a lot, like regardless if I'm playing him or not. I like Maybe London too. a lot. I love yeah. the Algier call. Um, you know, he was someone that, you know, you've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So I like that call a lot. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about 10th DVOA. Don't worry about like eighth passing yards. Like, does not matter. The Tampa Bay defense plays a half at most this week. So don't worry about those numbers. Carolina at New Orleans, a game that means absolutely nothing. Uh, 41 and a half total. Um, New Orleans, a three and a half point favorites. Uh, this game is in that category. That means absolutely nothing. Um, I think the biggest thing here on the New Orleans side, we'll talk about Carolina first, but I just want to like point out like Taysom Hill might not play. And I don't know, like that, that's kind of a big thing. Um, you know, so talk about that in a second. We'll go to Carolina here. Um, Absolutely nothing to play for. Um, hate the hate these scenarios uh, where you get two teams that, outside of it just being a division game. Um, I mean, like, who wants to finish second in the NFC South um, type <laughs> of game? Like, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Carolina? So, I agree with your sentiment on the game not mattering, and that doesn't generally fit our narrative for what we're looking for in Week 18. But it is a dome game in now January where we have a lot of cold weather and weather doesn't look too bad. I didn't look into it a ton, but um, regardless, it's still in the dome. Sam Darnold has played capably. I'm not playing Sam Darnold, um, but DJ Moore has seen an awesome target share since Darnold has come back. 10 targets last week uh, went for 117 and a touchdown. I think you have to consider DJ Moore in the dome at 6,100. They're a run first team, but it's a split backfield. Um, so DJ Moore is is the one guy I'm considering from Carolina here. If you wanted to take shots on the running backs, I wouldn't talk you off of it. I just I don't know how to break down that situation. Like Hubbard and Foreman can like have just kind of traded off production each week. Um, I don't think I I'll chase it. There's a lot of cheap running backs I think we can play on this slate, uh, but I do like DJ Moore. One thing to note about DJ Moore too is he's a hundred and twenty-two yards away from a thousand-yard season. Love it. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's bonuses and contracts for a lot of players like that. Those types of bonuses, and I don't know if he has it or not. I haven't. I mean, I usually look, but I haven't looked yet. Um, so, I, I mean, he might see 12, 15 targets in this game. Like, this is a spot where, like, if you're Sam Darnold and you want to kind of like feed your guy like you feed your guy like go out and get him his bonus I mean these bonuses are like sometimes a hundred grand or something so you know hey I'll kick you I'll kick you a little Rolex or something type of thing, you know <laughs> yep. so I, I mean I'm joking but I'm serious I'm kind of like no serious. that's legit yeah <laughs> yeah like half joking half serious but um bonuses like if you can find a list there's usually a list like Thursday or Friday of this week um and you could kind of find like who has incentive um and it's usually like guys that like maybe had a down year last year or came in injured or any of those things and you can take advantage of that but i'd have to see but yeah i mean dj moore at 6100 would be my main target here for carolina not touching the running back situation um i don't see the need for carolina to be like all right we're gonna give hubbard all the carries this week or we're gonna give foreman all the carries unless there's a report that comes out and they're like hey we want to see what we have for next year kind of thing I'd not touch on the running back situation. I, I expect it to be 50-50 at best. Um, New Orleans side, yeah, I mean, 
very interesting, right? If Taysom Hill doesn't play in this game, gosh, it's one of those scenarios where Andy Dalton's like 300 yards away from 3,000 yards. Is there a deal there where he gets a bonus? Um, Alave is 18 yards away from 1,000, so I think he'll get one catch at least. I the Saints have nothing to play for as well, but I mean they have some talent. They they want to see what's going on here. Um, do you play Camara? Do you get him hurt? I mean, is he in a contract here? I can't remember or not. Um, but yeah, I mean Taysom Hill being out definitely opens up some potential for like goal line carries, um, especially against Carolina. They're a bad pass defense, um, terrible pass defense. Twenty seventh DVOA. What are your thoughts here on the Saints? Yeah, Olave for sure. Um, in, in the dome, just there's higher pass volume. Olave has looked amazing. He's going to get that thousand yards. Um, I don't see any reason. Like he'll probably play the whole game here. Um, Kamara is the one that I'm really struggling with. Like I just don't understand this guy's role this year. Taysom being out would be a huge deal for his touchdown equity. But where has his passing game role gone? One target last week. Like, I just, I don't know if Dalton has historically been they a guy that doesn't him in check the passing down. game last week. They kind of controlled that whole game last week. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But even before that, like the weeks before that, four targets, yeah. two targets, three targets. Like, this is a guy we're used to getting like eight to 10 targets weekly. Um, we know he's an extremely talented receiver out of the backfield. And, and that's where he gets all his fantasy. That's why he's been a first round fantasy pick the last few years. Like, it's just disappeared. So I don't know. Adding some touchdown equity here, a decent matchup against Carolina. I might end up on it. I'm struggling with Camaro right now. Um, I like some Olave. I think you could take some shots on Shahid too at 4,200. Um, just targeting a, a passing game in in the dome here. Um, I don't hate that. He's he's had a pretty solid role here over the last few weeks, at least four targets in four straight weeks. So Shahid at 4,200, another guy I want to throw out there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kamara is interesting. Um... I like that call um, as well with Shahid at 4,200. I don't necessarily like Dalton, but I, I think the passing game's in play. This team's just so bad against the pass that, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're New Orleans, like, I mean, they don't have anything to play for necessarily, but 
you, you know, you won three straight games. Maybe, you know, you try to finish the season on a strong note with a fourth game here um, and you move on to next year. Because, I mean, that's where a lot of teams are at right now. So Cleveland at Pittsburgh, 40 and a half total here. Pittsburgh, a two and a half point, yeah, two and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, the Cleveland, they're eliminated. They're seven to nine. They're not making the playoffs now. Um, Pittsburgh needs a lot to happen. Um, like they need New England to lose and they need Miami to lose. And then if they win, they're in all these games are at one o'clock. So Pittsburgh is in a must win situation. We'll go Cleveland first. Um, what, if anything, do you like here for the Browns? Not a ton. Um, tough matchup for Chubb. Like you mentioned, Pittsburgh is going to be playing the win here. Pittsburgh's had a really solid run defense. I just, um, maybe some Amari Cooper at 6K. We saw him have a big week last week, but it was. He's yeah, he hit. is questionable. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and even last week, it was one big play, right? That he kind of got there on that. It and it was touchdowns. his second touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't love the Cleveland side here. I think the, the Pittsburgh defense is really solid. And they were missing TJ Watt for a lot of the year. He's back now. So, like, this is a tough spot for Cleveland. They're not super motivated other than trying to keep a division opponent out of the playoffs. Um, maybe in Joku at 3,900, but yeah, not a lot to love on the Cleveland side here. All right. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. This game matters for Cleveland. I feel a Deshaun Watson take. No, I don't like Watson. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I think you get your production for Watson, whether it be Cooper or people's Jones, like whoever, if Cooper's out, I like people's Jones at 4,700. If Cooper plays, um, then I like Cooper. I like the Njoku call. Um, this game matters for Cleveland. These two teams do not like each other. If you're Cleveland, you want to win this game. You want to beat Pittsburgh, keep them out of the playoffs potentially. Uh, Miami's playing with a backup. Pittsburgh or uh, New England's playing Buffalo if they play full strength. Like Cleveland wants nothing more than to win this game, um, in my opinion. So I don't think I play Watson. I just think his ceiling's kind of capped in general in this offense. Um I mean, like last week, like last week he played solid and he still only scored 21.8 fantasy points. Um, And that was with three passing touchdowns. He had a 122 rating. He had a really solid game. The cap is just there. I mean, he's just not going to throw the ball a ton. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I like Peoples Jones if Cooper sits. I like Cooper if he plays. And either way, I like Nijoku for tournaments. Um, So just listen, Cleveland wants to win this game. Um, you could even, I think, take some shots on Nick Chubb, but like you said, with Watt being back, I think it's a little bit tougher matchup um, for him. Where, you know, they where you've beat Pittsburgh this year more has just been in the passing game. They still they're fourth in DVOA, the seventh fewest run at rushing yards, but passing is where you're going to have to kind of beat them. And I think that that production just kind of goes through Cooper, Peoples Jones. Um, so I'm going to play some of those guys. Again, it's week 18. Got to take some shots, and that's where I'm going to take some shots. Pittsburgh side, I love Harris. He's one of my favorite running back plays on the slate. This is a must-win game. He's, he's just He doesn't come off the field. Um, this is a guy that, yeah, Warren is there. Sure, cares. Um, he's going to play 70% of the snaps. He's going to touch the ball a ton. He's 46 yards away from 1,000 rushing yards. He's one touchdown away from double-digit touching rushing yards, like touchdowns like Harris. Harris, Harris, Harris. Cleveland's terrible against the run. Harris, I love this spot for him. 
Yeah, right there with you. That's exactly how I'm playing this Pittsburgh team as well. Uh, we've complained about the Najee Harris role at times this year. We've complained about his efficiency at times this year. But dude has been a different guy the past three weeks. Um, the, the Jalen Warren experience, I don't know if that was injury-related there for a minute with Najee Harris, but they seem to have kind of moved past that, and they're going back to Najee Harris as kind of the lead running back. We saw 22 carries last week, 16 the week before, 24 the week before that, and he's been involved in the passing game as well. So 6,100, fantastic matchup against this Cleveland defense that struggled against the, the run all season long. Absolutely with you. Love the Najee Harris call. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's. One of those interesting, you know, situations just in general where this game matters so much for Pittsburgh. I mean, if you're a Pittsburgh, like, you know, coaching staff, like we have a legit chance, you know, Miami's starting potentially Skylar Thompson, you know, even like a Buffalo non full strength team has a chance to beat New England. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, you're like, yeah, let's go kind of thing. So, yep. Um, sure. so, so I found some of the bonuses and stuff um that and like who are we talking about i forget who we were talking about dj moore i think is 120 yards yeah um, i didn't find anything like he wasn't one of the like highlighted guys um higby is one of them you know we're coming up on him he is like 13 yards away from 175 grand um he's one of the big ones deandre carter is 55 yards away and two catches away from like 200 grand. Um, See, that's and, huge. Like for, for fringe yeah. guys like that, that yeah. I mean, what's, what's his salary on the year? 800,000, maybe, maybe makes 1.5. I have no idea, honestly, but that's a, that's a large chunk of change for a fringe yeah. NFL player like that. Um, Garrett uh, Everett for the chargers as well. He's five catches away from a quarter million of dollars. Um, so just, I mean, some things to note, like Debo can make a half a million if he ran the ball for 300 rushing, 380 rushing yards, but he's like a hundred and something away. <laughs> so that, that is not as much, but I, I mean, there's some, there's some really close ones in the like Jags game. You know, we're not covering that one, but like Zay Jones is two catches away from 250 grand. He's a 98 yards away from half a million. Juju is two yards away from 1.5 million. Um, Jamal Williams, like four yards away from 250 grand and then i think one of the bigger ones is christian kirk is two catches in 91 yards away from a million dollars so there you go all right that that's like the main ones that i so i like looked through a bunch of um articles and stuff those are the main ones that i saw um that's not like including like records and stuff like patrick mahomes i think what is it 430 or something he needs to break the regular season record or something um so yeah, that's not records. That's just money for big ones. Um, I was trying to see, like, yeah, Carter. We'll talk about Carter more when we get there. Um, yeah, that that was the most interesting one to me for sure. Oh, there's a dude from Minnesota, uh, Zadarius Smith. He needs a sack to earn seven hundred and fifty grand. Uh, he's going to be getting after the quarterback this week. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> one sack for seven fifty, baby. I'm coming after you. I'm blitzing every play. <laughs> All right. We got Houston at uh, Indy taking on the Colts here. 38 and a half total. The Colts are a two and a half point favorite in this one. I mean, this is a really interesting game because, I mean, if you're the Texans, you want to lose. 
there's no way you want to win this game. You want to lose this game at all costs. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are we doing here with Houston? Like, is this a game where we potentially see like Driscoll like get the nod? Uh, I mean, what are, what are you doing if you're Houston? Do you like who who gives you the best chance to lose? <laughs> like, <laughs> the the problem is Indy wants to lose too because they need a quarterback and they have a chance at a top five pick. Like this yeah. is just a disgusting game. Like, yep. The and the flip side of that is though, like the players on the team are playing for their their next opportunity in the NFL, also, right? So yep. the players on the field will be trying hard. The front office and the GM, potentially the coach, but I don't know that that either of these coaches are returning either. Uh, might have incentive to lose. But more so, it's just the front office. So, like, the coaches and the players on the field have more incentive to win than, like, you realize, I think, like, than anyone realizes. I don't know. Like, both teams are incentivized to lose. But, I like, it's just an ugly game overall, and I'm not exactly sure how to handle it. Um, but, like, that's – everyone knows that Houston wants to lose. But I think it's kind of lost that Indy also wants to lose. Like, they have no options at quarterback. There's – going to be three quarterbacks or so that are probably going to go in the top five of this draft and Indy probably wants one of those guys so they're trying to lose also I don't know what that means for how we play this for DFS um like I think both sides are in play but I don't know how this game plays out exactly um I think the the Royce Freeman role is okay but the efficiency has been terrible um like I can't imagine Brandon Cooks being super motivated here with his massive contract. Maybe a guy like Amari Rogers, who is playing for that next opportunity in the NFL, who's still a fairly young. I think I take shots on guys like that um, in this game. I don't know that I'm playing Davis Mills. He's probably going to end up splitting some time uh, with Driscoll. Like you said, they've been using this like quarterback by committee type of thing using Driscoll more as a, a, a rusher and Mills as the guy when they need to throw. Um, but I, I'm not completely completely writing this game off. Um, I don't know. I think Amari Rodgers might be my favorite wide receiver play. I don't think you can write this game off just because of how ugly it could potentially be. I mean, I think both of these defenses are really interesting. Like, not once this week yeah. here have I said play Houston defense, but I think I the totally Houston defense is – really interesting this week because i mean they're just so cheap at 2700 like they have double digit upside in this game for sure so i think both defenses are very much in play um freeman i think is in play for sure like uh yeah um i like the rogers call i did not have him on my list i just put him on my list because i like that call like him and chris moore kind of in that same scenario like next year like cooks is Cooks is with Houston, right? Like he's under contract for next year. I he think. Is. So, yeah. like, so they, I mean, kind they of... end up cutting him. Like, it's I can't believe he didn't get traded. I don't understand. Like, he's he's probably overpaid for what he is at this point. But the dude still made a ton of money in his career. It's not like he's like still trying to feed his family or anything. Where guys right. like Amari Rogers, who are just like getting started in the league, are are still looking to make a living. Um, yeah. So. Maybe Dorsett too. He was very involved last week. Um in garbage time. I don't know. Um 
Listen, at, at the end of the day, Nico Collins definitely earned a, a spot next year with this foot. He should come back and like he definitely earned a spot. He he had a fantastic start to the season before he got hurt. So whether he be wide receiver two or what happens with Cooks. Um, so I like the idea of maybe looking at like a Chris Moore, a Rogers, or a Dorset. Um, but I do have interest in Freeman. He hasn't been efficient, but I mean it's Indy, you know, they're a team you can run the ball against. Um, they've been great against the pass this year. I wouldn't say great, but they've been good against the pass. So um, the Indy side of this game is so interesting. I really think this might be one of those games where we see Deion Jackson kind of get the, the rock. Uh, like, they know what they got in Zach Moss. I think we could potentially see, like, out of nowhere, no announcement, anything, Deion Jackson get the rock in this game and get, like, 15 carries and score a touchdown and, like, no one's playing him. So, large field tournaments, I'll have exposure to Moss and Jackson. Houston's just so, so incredibly bad against the run that uh, either one of these guys could have a big game. It's just whoever gets the, the work. Ellinger's not good. He's 5K against Houston. Um, I don't know if I go there. Like there's no real incentive. Pittman's 105 yards away from a thousand. So maybe they, you know, get him involved in this game and maybe try to get over a hundred, but he hasn't gone over a hundred receiving yards since week six. So I don't really expect him to have that like big game. Um, Paris Campbell's been involved here, but yeah, I mean, the passing game's just been atrocious. I think you're looking at the running backs here for Indy. Yeah. I mean, we've been targeting the Houston run defense all season long. I, think that's exactly how you you go back to this zach moss was definitely a guy i was interested in i think your Deion jackson call is is very interesting um it might be another evaluation situation like you said they zach moss is kind of what he is they've seen a lot from him i think he's he's been fairly impressive over the past three weeks maybe they continue to evaluate Deion jackson a little bit further in this game um but no matter who's carrying the football here for for indy i'm interested because the Houston run defense is atrocious. Um, I don't trust the quarterback play whatsoever. I think Michael Pittman is an outstanding receiver, but 6,100 with Ellinger throwing in the football, they might try to get him that hundred yards, but I just, I don't know that it's going to happen even um, just because of the quarterback play. Um, so it's, it's the running backs for me, Moss for sure. And I'll, I'll consider some Deion Jackson now too. So really quick, like my thought process behind Jackson too. It's just not like a random like thought. Wilkins got like released yesterday or Monday, Monday or Tuesday. They yep. they brought up Jake Funk to the active roster. Like, I mean, I don't know. It really just seems like this might be a scenario. Like 15. I'm not saying he's going to get 25 touches in this game. I think in 15 touches, all he needs is a touchdown with 15 touches at 3% ownership. 2% ownership, 1% ownership, like and Moss the is the guy. Moss would be my favorite. Like I I would I'm going to rank Moss ahead of Jackson. I'm just going to yeah. play Jackson in some large field tournaments. The the Deion Jackson thing is weird to me because it seemed like they really liked this guy, especially like his pass catching role. Like when Jonathan Taylor went down early, um Deion Jackson was really involved. Um and then they got Zach that, Moss for hardly nothing though, didn't they? Yeah, it was like Naheem Hines and a fourth round pick maybe yeah i mean yeah, it, like it a, was very it was like normal. a freebie kind of thing yeah for sure um but i still thought that 
I don't know, like they still like Deion Jackson enough to use him now that Jonathan Taylor is out of the picture. And he's just kind of disappeared the last couple of weeks. Um, so very curious. I, I don't know. Like I'm interested in that for sure because I think he was a guy that he was kind of in their long-term, longer-term plans early on in the year. Maybe Zach Moss has just passed him and they feel like they don't need him anymore, but I, I'm willing to take a shot on him in the spot for sure. He got banged up too, didn't he? I thought he got banged up. I thought Jackson got banged up too around they're, the same time as Taylor. He like did. Week, yeah, early in the something. season. Yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about, I think it was the, let's see. I'm just looking at his game log here. Maybe it was the, maybe it was the Chargers game after Taylor went down. And th- there was some altercation with a coaching staff, member of the coaching staff or something, I think. I don't know the exact story behind it. But there was something that happened when we fi- we like he was pretty chalky that leave. Maybe it might have even been a showdown, but he just hardly played at all that game. I think it was the Chargers uh, game. Yeah, like again, like I'm gonna play a lot of Zach Moss in this game. I'm just go- like I'm uh, I'm just saying I'm going to have a little exposure to Deion Jackson in large field tournaments. Um, Moss is the play, uh, like the indie defense the colts like the both of the defenses are in play in this game this game could be really yeah. really ugly both of these defenses in play all right we're moving on we got to the we got to the four o'clock games um <laughs> yeah i think it was the minnesota game yes matt i'm with you i think that's i think you're right um dallas at washington 40 and a half total here dallas a seven and a half point favorites um i mean dallas has something to play for this week you know, they obviously want to win this game just in case uh, Philadelphia loses their game. Um, but, I mean, Dallas is playing for something. Washington's not. They're out. They got eliminated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dallas seven and a half point favorite. I, I think for at least until the third quarter, we're going to get the, the starters in this game. You know, we saw that, like, Pollard back at practice full. And, uh, yeah, I mean, coming off a huge win against Philadelphia last week what are your, or two weeks ago kept them alive from this spot. Um, what are your thoughts here on Dallas? I'm interested in this game. Um, because, like Dallas has motivation and it's very similar to the Pittsburgh game. These two teams do not like each other. Washington's going to, going to be fighting back on the other side here. Um, so I, I have a ton of interest. Like the running back situation is still very split, very tough to figure out. And it's not like either of them are cheap either. So that that's tough. Um, I'll take some shots on C.D. Lamb. He's priced up. And this is not the easiest matchup. Washington defense has been playing much better here recently. Um, I'll, I'll have some Dak to C.D. stacks. Um, but I think I want to mix in some Gallup. And I might even take some shots on, on T.Y. Hilton as well. Like they've been looking for this third wide receiver. Noah Brown was having a decent run there for a while, but five targets for T.Y. Hilton last week. He's still only 3,400. Um, I don't hate shots there. They, they clearly signed him for a reason. They're looking to get him involved. Um, so T.Y. Hilton at, at almost minimum price, I'm interested in. And then Dalton Schultz also, too. Yeah, Schultz is my favorite. Um, I love this spot for him. Yep. But I love the T.Y. Hilton call. I didn't even think about T.Y. Hilton. Um yeah, that's a that's a really interesting call. Um, I, I still like if I'm playing the running backs, it's still Pollard for me. I still think Pollard has the higher ceiling. Like Elliot disappointed everyone um, that played him last week. 
shouldn't have played him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry, <laughs> had to do it. Um, listen, I, I think Pollard still has the higher ceiling here for Dallas. We don't have a ton of quarterback plays this week, so I do think Dak is in play. Um, for sure. Washington side of this one, I mean, Sam Howell is going to start. This is a tough matchup. You got a Dallas team that wants to win, one of the better defenses in the league. This is not the place you want your first start to be. Um, with that being said, he has a ton of talent around him. McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, um, depending on Robinson and Gibson, Logan Thomas. Like, he has a ton of talent. You know, that's one of the reasons that we saw Wentz do so well. That's one of the reasons that we saw Heineke do so well, um, do okay, both of those guys. Talk to me about Washington in this spot. I love Sam Howell in this spot. Um, I think the Dallas defense is overrated. Their past, def- their past rush is outstanding, but their secondary is beatable, I think. And the Washington wide receivers are awesome. I think all three of McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel are extremely talented guys. I think Logan Thomas is a serviceable tight end. And Sam Howell is not a non-prospect. I know he wasn't like a first-round pick or anything, but Sam Howell was a very productive college quarterback. He was dealing with an injury early in the year, and I'm surprised that it's taken this long for Washington to give him a shot. Um, but I'm I'm very interested here. Um, I think Washington is going to be trying to play to beat Dallas here, um, even though it doesn't matter for their playoff hopes or anything like that. They're division rivals. Um, so similar to what you were saying with Cleveland, I, I think that's the spot that Washington is in. I think Dallas is the better team, and Washington ends up playing from behind. And Sam Howell gives the chance to kind of let it rip a little bit here. Um, so I'm interested in all three of the receivers as well. Um, McLaurin at 5,900, we saw him and Wentz just were never quite able to get on the same page with Heineke. He was, he had much more production. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like with Sam Howell, but I'm fine taking some shots on McLaurin. I think he's an uber talented wide receiver. Um, and then Dotson at 4,500 and Samuel at 4,000 are cheap enough where I'm just fine taking shots on that. So I like this Washington side quite a bit here. The the other thing, too, is this is easily one of those scenarios where Dallas goes into halftime, sees Phillies up by three touchdown, and they're like, hey, we're going to take some of these defensive and guys out. I mean, no reason to get our guys hurt when we know we're playing next week and we're the five seed. They can't – they can only go from the five seed. I think they could be the two seed. I don't think they have the tiebreaker on San Francisco. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they don't have the tiebreaker on San Francisco. Um, cause San Francisco is nine and two in the conference and Dallas is eight and three. So I think San Francisco has a tiebreaker on. Yes. Yeah. So You're like if correct. Philly lost, San Francisco has a tiebreaker on them as well for what it's worth. So, um, so, I mean, this is one of those scenarios where they're going to be watching that Philadelphia game. Like the coaching, like the, there's going to be people that say, Hey, there's no reason to get Dak hurt the type of thing. So that's the risk in playing like CD lamb and these expensive guys for Dallas. But it's also like the bonus of maybe taking some shots on Hal at 4,900 because you might not get the second half or third, second part of the third and fourth quarters of this good defense. And like maybe he could come out and just sling the ball a little bit. And, you know, like he's playing for a job next year. That's the kind of incentive you want in week 18. So like Hal, I like Dotson. 
I like um, McLaurin. Way too much talent. Um, not not my favorite though. There, there's a cheaper. I mean, he's not cheaper, but there's a cheap. There's a guy in the five Ks that I really like that we're going to talk about here in a minute. All right, um, Giants at Philadelphia. Hey, re- perfect kind of segue, right? Uh, Forty-two and a half total. Philadelphia is a fourteen-point favorite. They should absolutely crush the Giants in this game. The Giants have absolutely nothing to play for. Um, because I mean, do the Giants like Dallas or Philadelphia more? I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Giants, they really haven't come out and said whether or not, like, you know, Daniel Jones and these guys are going to play, but I mean, Barkley said he wants to play, but why? Like, why? Like, Saquon, you came out and you showed us that, like, you're back. You had a fantastic year. You're back. You did great. Why? Why? Why play Saquon Barkley in this game if you're the Giants? I think Barkley's a free agent, but still, like, why risk injury for Saquon Barkley? Um, yeah, I, I just, I can't see. Play. I'm pretty sure that he is, um, but yeah, there's, there's no reason for the Giants to risk injury to anybody here. I can't see them playing starters. It's a situation very similar to Tampa Bay, like. Maybe you get a half. Maybe you get a series. I find it highly unlikely that they they play the entire game here. So I'm probably just avoiding the Giants altogether. He is an unrestricted free agent. You're right. I knew he signed a five-year or four-year deal. I just couldn't remember if it was this year or next year it ended. Um, Gosh, if you're – why? Like, if you're Barkley, I don't want to go out there and play. (laughs) Like, even – okay. Like, um. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Giants. I like the Philly defense a lot in this game. Um, I don't see myself getting onto the Giants here. Daniel Jones has been a man just, like, the last two (laughs) weeks, he's just, like, last week against the the Colts, like, I had some pieces of, like, his, like, counterparts, which were fine. But, man, Daniel Jones was, like, the man last week. Like two rushing touchdowns, like throwing the ball to like, I mean, I'll take some shots on Hodgson's. I'll take some shots on James. I would probably rank Slayton third. And he's really kind of favored these two guys. Um, so maybe this would be the Slayton week, but for me, it's taking shots on Hodgson's. It's taking hot shots on James. If I am Saquon Barkley, I'm, I'm not playing in this game. Like, <laughs> like no <laughs> chance. If Barkley sits, Brita is 5k. Um, no reason not to run him out there on some teams, but I mean, it's a tough matchup against Philadelphia. Um, thoughts here on Philly. Yeah. I mean, I think they want to make sure they lock up that, that one seed, the, the, the buy is a huge deal. Um, I don't know what Jalen hurts, whether Jalen hurts is playing. It seems like he's kind of trending towards playing here. I think that he that Philly becomes extremely interesting if if he plays. Um, I don't know. Like I could see the Giants just not putting up enough where he has to play the whole game. But I think in even in this situation, you get like three quarters out of him. Um, the price isn't like you're. We're not getting a, a huge discount here, so you need a, a ceiling performance for him to pay off. Especially with a lot of the, the like, there's plenty of cheaper stuff in play this week. But I do have interest in Hertz. Um, Hertz to AJ Brown has always been kind of the thing that I like targeting. I think Devonta Smith is fine, but his price is now up close enough to AJ Brown that I, I don't even know that. Like if I had 
50 lineups, maybe I play Hertz on 10 of them and eight of them would be AJ Brown to two Devonta Smith or something like that. Um, and then I think Gattard is fine. You can certainly include him in your, your Hertz AJ Brown stacks. Miles Sanders, uh, burned me last week. I was, I was huge on him last week. I played a ton, me did not too. work out. Like nobody saw that game strip coming. Um, I think you can go right back to him here. I think you get the, the positive game script here. Uh, especially if the, if the Giants aren't intending on fighting back here, he's the fifty nine hundred dollar price tag. I think is is fine as long as he gets the work that that we expect him to. You want those eighteen to twenty carries though. I like Sanders a lot more um, if Hertz is back for what it's worth. Um, yeah, this game matters too much for Philadelphia not to play Hertz if he's ready. I mean, this is a number one seed. This is a buy. This is huge. This is a huge game. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, you play to get him as the following week, right? If you get the buy, and then he can he can get the rest before the playoff game. So I need to look and see the Giants. I mean, can they move to the seven seed? So maybe they, there is incentive for the Giants to play this game. I need to look and see how the Giants rank like tiebreaker to like Seattle and Green Bay. Um, the Giants no, they're, are they're ahead of all those those teams no. are eight and eight, and the Giants are they have the tie. Six, they're nine, six, one. And one. That's right. Yeah. So the okay. Giants still still have it. So they can't move from the six. Okay, I okay. My initial research was right. I just I was yep. looking at. It, I was like, man, they're four and six in the division or conference. Like, ugh. Um, Green Bay is six and five. Detroit six and five, and Seattle's five and six. Like, but you're right. The the tie. Um, so they don't have anything to play for. They're the sixth seed. Why is Barkley yep. playing? <laughs> yeah, he's. he's I'll not. tell you one thing. Wild card <laughs> week. We're going to talk about Daniel Jones. Wild card week. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's against Minnesota. Because uh, I mean, Oof. I. Oh gosh, baby, that would. Yeah, be, I love it. That would be the game. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Enough on this one. See if Hertz plays. That changes the whole thing. If Hertz sits, I do have interest in Minshew. I will say that at fifty five hundred. Um, I would play some Minshew. I would play some AJ Brown. If um, I, I think AJ Brown is in play regardless. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's in play regardless. So he he's having a really good year. I mean, he's definitely Indeed. down at home. He's having a great year. So, all right. Up next, we got Arizona at San Francisco. Kind of, I mean, a lot of these afternoon games have a little bit of meaning. I think they all actually have meaning. I'm looking at them. So, Arizona at San Francisco, 40 and a half total in this game. San Francisco, 14 point favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona, it sounds like um, David Blaw is going to start again. Um, yeah, so he threw the ball. 40 times against Atlanta last week. Um, it wasn't very efficient, but he threw the ball a ton. Um, it doesn't sound like DeAndre Hopkins is going to play this week. Um, yeah, they already ruled him out with the knee. Um, no reason to play him, really. So I think it's the week that Dorch, 3,800, is someone you're really looking at. It's a really, 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 really tough matchup for a game that really, really matters for the 49ers, but the game script is going to be perfect for a guy like Dorch. He's going to get a ton of targets. Um Outside of him, I don't really have a ton of interest, but I will say like Trey McBride, his targets are on the like on the increase, and we don't we haven't talked about a ton of tight ends this this week. So I think that's where I'm getting my Arizona exposure this week. I think this I'm gonna put James Connor on the shelf this week. I, I mean, if I'm them, I don't even play him this week. So 
Um, and then I don't know if I take shots unless unless they like come out and say they're going to like start Ingram to kind of see what they have. Then I would maybe take some shots at 4,800 because he's someone that can catch the ball in the backfield. But yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward what I'm going to do at Arizona this week. Yeah, the running back situation is the first thing I'll touch on. James Conner's role has been literally the best in the NFL here recently. So pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. I don't know what their intentions are. I don't, I'm with you. I don't know why they would continue to play him, especially now that he's banged up. Like just let the guy take the week off. Um, They're one of those four win teams too. They need to lose this game. Yeah. Um, interestingly though, Corey Clement ran ahead of Keontre, Keontre Ingram last week. So if, if Connor is out, I think you could take some shots on Clement also. Like I agree. Like he's kind of a journeyman, He's not even a younger guy, I don't think. I think he's in his like mid to late 20s, where Ingram is like a two- or three-year guy in the NFL. Like You'd think Ingram would be the guy they want to evaluate long-term, but that was not the case last week. Clement got the work. Um, so I, I don't know. Like Both of them would be interesting if they were to find themselves in a lead role here. We'll have to see a little bit more information on that. And if, if Connor's in, you probably just don't play any of them. I, I like the Dorch call. Like his line was extreme is insanely similar to Garrett Wilson's where they both had double digit targets and couldn't top 20 yards receiving just insane stuff. Um, the but volume. yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, you go right back to that for the volume. Um, he could easily break one of those off. Um, and like the catches, especially on DraftKings, point per reception. I totally agree with the, the Dorch call. They say Marquise Brown. LA. I don't know why he would honestly, um, I don't know. It, it's Dorch for me. I don't want to spend on Brown. Quarterback play is not strong enough to spend that much on a receiver here. So, yeah, I, I agree that Dorch is the play and then monitor the running back situation if Connor sits. I'm going to say one more time, McBride. I mean, there was obviously a connection there. Um, I mean, maybe he's worked with the, the second unit a lot. Like, there was a connection. I mean, he was the top guy last week. So, just throwing his name out there. One more time, San Francisco side. Um, Purdy's kind of that guy for me this week. Had a feeling I think that's this who is you're a perfect about. opportunity for San Francisco to be very careful with Christian McCaffrey. I think it's very possible that we see like Debo practiced on Wednesday, so I think he's back. I think this is a perfect opportunity for San Francisco to be very careful 
with Christian McCaffrey. Let Purdy go out and win you this game. Um, I mean, he threw the ball 35 times against Vegas last week. Stealing probably capped at like 25, but I mean, unless unless Hurts plays, it's not like we have a home run quarterback play on this slate. I mean, it's it's just that simple. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that take. We're talking about playing guys like Desmond Ritter and and uh, Sam Howell. Going, so, like, really quick, Keith, not to interrupt you, but going back to like the Jets game, I actually might like Mike White more. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like in through. play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. You can take some wild shots on quarterback this week, I think. Um, like Sam Howell is my favorite. I am with you on Purdy. Absolutely think he's in play. No reason for them to push McCaffrey here. Like he's a huge key to their success. They pl- play, paid a ton to bring him in. I think he solidified them as Super Bowl contenders. They're not going to risk him here in this last game. Um, I like Purdy, which means I like some of the receivers. You know I'm going to love Kittle in the spot. Uh, I've been talking about him for weeks. Even with Debo potentially coming back, I still think you can you can take some shots at Kittle. His ceiling is capped a little bit. Like I, The reason, the main thesis of being on Kittle so much over the past month or so was because Debo missed that time. Um, so slight downgrade to Kittle, but still in play for me. Um, Ayuk's price is up there. I'd probably take shots on Devo and, and Kittle before I went to Ayuk. Outside of the passing game, I am interested in the backup running back because once they get a lead, I could see them sitting on it and just handing it off a ton. I think Jordan Mason is the guy over Davis Price. Um, 5K, he's not exactly minimum price, but cheap enough. I think you can certainly take some shots on uh, on Jordan Mason. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that hamstring is a thing anymore either with Mason. Um, so uh, I like that call. Large field tournament play. Um, here's the thing, right? If Hertz doesn't come back, San Francisco is going to be very motivated. And if Minshew starts, I, I have interest in McCaffrey. I know that seems like a wild correlation, but I think it's a huge correlation. Um I mean, look what they did last week. They they did not limit him at all against Vegas last week. I mean, the number one seed is huge. It's so massive. And the 49ers, I don't care what anybody says, they're a Super Bowl contender. Like, they are yeah. with Christian McCaffrey, even with Purdy at quarterback, they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, I mean, would I like them more? Would it be Garoppolo or Lance? Yes, but I still think they're like a Super Bowl contender. So, um, yeah, I mean, this game is really interesting. Like, I'll take shots on Purdy. I'll take shots on Christian McCaffrey. I'll take shots on Debo. I'll take shots on Kittle. And I'll play some San Francisco defense. I mean, that's where it becomes really interesting. The San Francisco defense, maybe be maybe that's where I get some Jordan Mason. Like, that combination, I think, is really interesting. So, there we go. All right. Chargers and Broncos. 39 and a half total in this game um denver's a two and a half point favorite in this game like i haven't seen any reports that like chargers are gonna arrest people in this game which i think this line is kind of fishy um and i looked like multiple places too and i was like really thrown off by this line because i mean yeah the chargers have the tiebreaker over baltimore but you don't want to play buffalo like you want to win this game i mean no so unless like Baltimore loses early, I mean, yeah, this line seems super fishy to me. 
Yeah, I think you just you just touched on it right there. It's it depends on what Baltimore does. If Baltimore loses, the Chargers are the five seed. Yep. They if can't Baltimore move. right. If Baltimore wins, then the Chargers need to win to remain seed. Um and you so want to be the five seed. You do not oh, want yeah, to play for Buffalo. Sure. Yeah, we talked about that already. Yep. <laughs> Buffalo in <laughs> Buffalo or Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Like huge difference. Right. Um, I think that, that you have to pay attention to that, though. If you're playing Chargers, like if you have Chargers lineups late and Baltimore loses, you need to swap off of Chargers because they're going to be resting guys. Um, I'm totally fine playing them if they need to win to maintain the five seed. But if Baltimore loses, the Chargers have nothing to play for. And I would not want to pay these prices for the Chargers. Um I think like I would have a plan certainly of how I'm I'm swapping off like I'm I'm not even sure how like a uh, a Herbert Keenan Allen stack would compare with a Geno Smith DK Metcalf stack or something anything like that but you would definitely want to build that kind of stuff into your lineups because you want to swap off Chargers um if Baltimore ends up losing they definitely arrest people here Yeah I mean again we go back to that conversation of why is this game at 425? Like, this should be a one o'clock game. I get that it's in yep. Denver. Well, if that's the case, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's tough. But the, this, the, this is like one of those scenarios where you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention because there is no incentive to run out Herbert in this game um, or defensive players. Eckler, like, Allen's been banged up. What he missed, like what six, seven, eight games, something crazy. Um, like there is no reason whatsoever for the Chargers to play this game if Baltimore loses. Um, if Baltimore wins, fire them up, man. Um, Denver's defense has not been playing as good. They have some injuries. They really have nothing to play for. So yeah, I, I like the Chargers a lot in the scenario that Baltimore loses. Um, so in that Baltimore game. You know, there's a good chance they lose. Cincinnati's a really good team. So if, if they lose, I mean, just I'm off the Chargers in that. I mean, like, if they lose, I have interest in, like, Kelly. Like, that's where I'm going to start, like, Joshua yeah. Kelly um, type plays, like, Palmer type. Or, no, 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 DeAndre Carter. We just oh, yeah, yeah, we about forgot it. about him. Yeah, We just talked about it. Like, he has a huge incentive, right? Um, yeah. Where is it at? I just – I have it up still. So, DeAndre Carter – he can earn 250 grand with two more catches this week. So, yeah, he's had nine targets since week eight, 13. Like, there's no chance that, like, if the Chargers are not playing for anything, like, DeAndre Carter gets, like, eight targets in this game. Like, go, you know, reward your player. Like, go reward him. Like, he gets the he gets targets in this game. His salary on the year is $1.135 million. So, yeah, that's, two, what, a 10% increase? Grand's a lot of money for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, the good thing is this week there's five games at four o'clock, so you can build lineups. And if you need to adjust things with like Baltimore losing or whatever, Baltimore winning, um, you can. I mean, if you're playing afternoon only slates, maybe there's edge in seeing how the early games go and you know, attacking the Chargers that way because. They're one of the five teams that we have in the afternoon where like early games can kind of decide. I mean, I think they're the only team really. So Denver side, um, 
Russ was back last week. Got that one right. Um, I got a lot wrong last week, but I got Russ right. Um, he's 5,400. I, I mean, I don't expect him to run the ball in two times again, but I like the price point. I don't know who I pair him with, like, in general. Um, but, I mean, I definitely have some interest in Wilson this week. Um, if he plays. I'm assuming that he would play, but if he plays, I have interest. Yeah, I mean, they have to give the fan base something to hope for here, right, after the year that they've been through. So I think they're somewhat motivated to, to show up. Um, I don't know. Like they need on... a draft pick to go get a quarterback or something, you know? Right, and well, they traded their draft picks too, like Seattle. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, picks. I mean, so, so yeah, they're they're gonna try to win this game. Yep, yep, I com- completely agree. Um, I think they're in play. I think if the Chargers are not motivated and they're in their resting guys, they become very interesting plays. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the wide receivers, the tight end Akui Boonham. We saw get six targets last week. He's always been a capable receiver. Um, not sure exactly. Like Dulcich is clearly better, I think, but Albert O is, is perfectly capable. 2,900. I like him quite a bit. Judy. I just, I struggle with that ankle. Um, I, I think they probably just let Judy take it easy in this one. So it would be the repair him with, but love Albert O at the tight end. I, I don't know that I've played a rust stack all year long, but I, I might be doing it here in, in week 18 to close out the year. I'd say that. I definitely played. I definitely played Rustax early in the year and got so frustrated that I gave up. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome aboard. And Judy's back with yeah. this team next year. Like, so there. I mean, there's a possibility that Judy even sits this week. I mean, there's no yeah, reason. I mean, he's re-injured to... that ankle like two or three times now. So I'm I'm very cautious on Judy. Just really quick, I'm gonna look up. Um, Cortland Sutton is he back too? I think he signed an extension, if I remember. Yeah, so correctly. he's back till twenty twenty. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like Sutton in this game. Um, if Judy sits, I mean, I definitely love the tight end call. But if Judy sits, um, Hinton is out or like not projected to play. So it would be really interesting, like you know, around what three three o'clock, three thirty. Who you know is kind of going to be inactive and active for this team because if. Hitting sits too. I mean, who knows who we're going to be taking shots on here? Um, maybe Brandon Johnson, Freddie Swain. Swine? I, I don't know. Um, I like the tight end call though, like that a lot. Um, like Sutton, I'm going to play some Russ. Uh, it's a cheap stack, it's a really cheap stack. So, yep. All right, last game. We knew this one was going to be long. We got the Rams and uh, Seattle Seahawks, 41 and a half total. Seattle, six and a half point favorite. Win and you're in type of game for Seattle. Um, right? No. They win and they have Green Bay has to lose um, still, right. right? Yep. So, I mean, win is the only chance they have a chance to make the playoffs, right? Or no? Yep. Yeah, because Detroit or Green Bay, whoever wins that game would get it. Um, Correct. All right, yes, so they're, they're eliminated with a loss. Rams side of this one. Um, Anything that you like here for the Rams? Um, Cam Akers. Seattle's rush defense has been been bad all year long. Um, they lost their linebacker. It was last week or the week before. Um, Murray, who's one of their better players in the run game, obviously. Um, we've seen Cam Akers kind of 
take over this role. 19 carries last week, 23 the week before, which is just wild compared to how the season started for him. But Cam Akers is clearly the guy in this backfield. I love him for 6,200 in this matchup. Um, I think the Rams actually have a chance to kind of hang around in this game. And even if they don't, I I think Akers is involved. Um, so I like Cam Akers. The, the receivers are tough for me. Um, I think you just go to Higby. I'm probably not playing Baker, but you mentioned the incentive for Higby. 4,400, we've seen him kind of come back to life over the last couple of weeks. Um, has a little bit of a connection with Baker now. So I like Higby and I like Akers, but probably not playing Baker stacks and I can't touch the wide receivers room. Higby needs 13 yards for 500 grand. Okay, um, so, so yeah. yeah, he's getting that, but if he gets you 13, <laughs> 14 yards, that doesn't help you much in DFS. Yeah, I, I mean, so I kind of like Still Baker like Mayfield this week. Seattle, like, I mean, there's no real incentive for the Rams to win this game or to play this team. I mean, it's a division game, though. So if you have a chance to knock out Seattle, like, you know, like, you get up for those games. And, like, if you're Baker Mayfield, what a perfect opportunity to be like, hey, I can still do this for next year kind of thing. Whether it be with the Rams, whether it be Stafford coming back or not, um, who knows? So 5,200, we, we've seen him already this year, you know, have a game where he could throw a couple touchdowns. Again, ceiling quarterbacks this week, it's tough. It's really tough. It's it's just a scenario where we might not see a quarterback top 30 if Hertz doesn't play. Um, or, or, or Lamar Jackson, too. So I like Baker. Um, my favorite pairing with Baker – would probably be Higby. Um, tight end kind of combo. I think that's where I would lean the most. Um, I mean, Van Jefferson, large field tournaments, he's 39. We just have, we have a ton of cheap plays this week. So, I mean, price is not going to matter as much. But um, with, yeah, I mean, maybe Atwell or Van Jefferson. But, I mean, my main target is going to be Higby. Um, Seattle, you have to win this game. I mean, Gino. You're 6K. You have to win this game. Um, I mean, this is a funnel type of defense. They want you to throw the ball. And, I mean, Seattle wants to run the ball. So it's kind of tough. Um, Walker got hurt in this game earlier this year, right? Like, he only played – like, he only had, like, three or four rushing attempts in this game earlier this year. Um, what are your thoughts here on Seattle? Yeah, Walker's banged up again too, but man, like they you said they want to run the ball. I I'm still interested in Walker if he plays. Um I don't think there's a ton of running backs that are gonna get just massive volume. Walker's one of those guys that could. Certainly Najee Harris, we talked about. There's a few others, but I I like Walker and his price point. Um I do like Geno Smith and the pass passing attack as well. Um obviously keeping an eye on Tyler Lockett. Not sure if he goes, not sure that I can trust that he's completely healthy, even if he goes. Like, this is a must win game for them. So, more than likely, Lockett's, yeah, like losing your out, you have to win this game, right? So, Lockett's probably going to do everything he can to get on the field. And for that reason, I'm just going to lean Metcalf. It's always a toss up between Metcalf and Lockett, but with Lockett dealing with the injury, I think you just go Metcalf here. Um, 
if Lockett is out there, I am a little concerned. Uh, Fans questionable too, so um, he didn't practice on Wednesday. I think Lockett's presence would hurt Fans' role a little bit. Um, so the like, generally, I want to double stack Geno. Um, I know DK Metcalf is going to be a part of that, and then I probably just mix in Lockett, Fant, maybe even Colby Parkinson if Fant is super banged up. Um, we saw him get seven targets last week. I don't treadwill. I don't think I can do that. Um, I don't know. It's Metcalf is is the clear target here to pair with Gino, and and I'm definitely interested. Must win game. One one of the most motivated teams on the entire slate. We talked about it last week going into that game. That I mean, it was just going to be a really really tough spot um, for DK Metcalf. It, like the whole Seattle like passing attack in general, and that you know. I, I even talked about like playing some treadwill well, tread treadwell, um hoping that Lockett got kind of shut down on the outside. The Jets corners have just been so uh good this season. So I, I mean everything kind of worked out how we thought it was going to. Um it just ended up being the tight ends that scored the touchdowns and terrible game. I mean, you know, was it Reed and Carter, right? Is that who it is on the and Gardner, like the corners for Gardner, the Jets yep. have just been, yeah, just been insane. Yeah, so, Gardner and Reed. My only concern about Metcalf in this game is he should get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. Um, but, I mean, Jalen Ramsey shadowed him earlier this season and Metcalf uh, burned him. So, you know, who knows? Um, Metcalf's a clear option here for me, especially on Geno teams. I don't – I mean, I want to – if Fan is out, I'll take some shots on Parkinson. Like, he's 2,600. Like, he's way too cheap. They obviously have no problem, you know, throwing him the ball in the red zone. So, um, what, pay attention to that. It's huge. It's huge. If Lockett plays, I still have interest in Parkinson if Fant is out. I don't have interest in Lockett if he plays. I just don't think he's 100%. I think the shin thing's a real thing, and I just don't see him being out there enough for me to, you know, get there. He crushed this team earlier this year. I mean, Gino crushed this team earlier this year Gino's upside is there like it you know he put up 28 fantasy points against this team earlier this year so in a a must-win game I mean yeah so all right morning grind game we're gonna get out of here real quick really 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 quick because I totally forgot about this when we were talking about this if the Giants rest Daniel Jones do you have any interest in Tyrod Taylor um what's his price 5100 I think I would play Sam Howell first, but yeah, I mean, you, you have to have some interest. Like he's like if he's playing a full game at 5,100, he's a fairly capable quarterback. So yeah, slight interest. I think a rushing upside is huge potentially for Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah. Especially if they sit Barkley too. So just, I, I've totally forgot about that. Like just thinking about like through the scenarios of the giants and stuff when we were talking about it, and how, I mean, they with the with the tie, they really can't move. Um, so, uh, just uh, throwing it out there, Tyrod Taylor is is somewhat interesting to me at fifty one because of his rushing ability. He's someone that can break off like a thirty yard touchdown run. So, all right, morning grind game, DraftKings pricing and scoring like always. Last regular season one, you know, we'll we'll, we'll do some morning grind game for the first couple rounds of the playoffs too, but. Last one of the regular season. Keith, I'll let you get going here. Quarterback, 
to throw for 300 plus yards. And uh, this one might actually be tough this week. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I really struggled with this one this week. Um, not a lot of, to- of, of uh, high upside quarterbacks here. So I'm just going to go with a guy that I know is motivated. We just talked about him. Geno Smith against the Rams. I mean, we know that the that Seattle's trying to win this game. So I will go that route. Did it last time these two teams played. So easily could do it as well. Um, I'm going to go Kirk Cousins. Chicago is – their defense is terrible. I You might not get Cousins for the whole game, but, I mean, they definitely have incentive to win this game, um, especially, like, with Philly and San Francisco both playing at four o'clock, Minnesota kind of has the potential to control their own destiny. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kirk Cousins. Like I said, we might only see him for three quarters or even a half, but I'm hoping that it's gosh, it's a banger half. I'm hoping. <laughs> there, I mean, there's just no like, yeah, it's just it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, maybe Dak Prescott, but maybe Mike White against the Dolphins. Baker, but yeah, it's really tough for 300 plus yards this week. Um, next up, number two is low owned running back for a touchdown. We should have no problem trying to find a low owned running back for a touchdown this week. Um, we do have projected ownership, like first draft up, not a ton of ownership on running backs this week. Um, Algier is like really, really chalky right now. Uh, what do you, That's what surprising. do you think for, yeah, running? He, yeah, he's at 27% right now. Um, first draft highest yeah i was i originally had looked at the blitz ownership actually um so the guy i had cam Akers here but the um, rg has him at 16 percent. so i'm gonna find a pivot here real quick i do like cam Akers. hopefully he comes in a little bit lower i don't know that i would play him into like 20 percent ownership though um let's see here uh, love Najee. he's he's up around 13 percent um Give me Zach Moss, 5,200. Oh, you took my guy. <laughs> Love that matchup <laughs> against Houston, obviously. Yeah, you took my guy. Yeah. I yeah, it'd be, it, I think it'd be a good one to see get in a touchdown this week um, or get in the end zone. I I did write down two just in case you took my guy. I'm going to go Dobbins for Baltimore. Very meaningful game for Baltimore. Um, he is someone that has the ability. Yeah, so I'm going to go him. Quarterback wide receiver okay. stack for a touchdown this week. <laughs> Fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm excited to see what this guy can do. Uh I'm gonna go Sam Howell to Terry McLaurin. All right. All right. I didn't see that one coming. Um I'm gonna go Ritter to London. All right, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, like I think you can leagues. get weird at quarterback. We've talked about it for the whole like two hours that we've been talking about this slate. Like, it's a weird slate where teams are evaluating young guys, and we, I think, we both just went that route. Like, I think they try to get Sam Howell his first NFL touchdown in this this game. I think McLaurin is his most talented receiver. I I did go back and forth between McLaurin and Dotson. Like just having that connection with his fellow rookie might be a thing, um, but yeah, I, I like Howell, and you've talked me into a little Ritter maybe. For what it's worth, this slate changes a lot if Kansas City somehow loses on Saturday because Josh Allen would become very very interesting. So <laughs> saying, just throwing just just throwing that out there. Um, wide receiver eight plus targets. Who do you got? 
I'm going DJ Moore. He's in the dome. Uh, him and Darnold seem to have a, a pretty great connection here. We talked about that incentive for him as well to get to a thousand yards. So I think he he sees at least eight targets here. I am going to go DK Metcalf. If I had to pick someone, it'd be Jefferson. I think he's going to get a gazillion targets in this game, um, even if it is only a half or three quarters. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go DK Metcalf. Must win game for Seattle. Clearly the number one target in that offense. Tight end for a touchdown. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go Albert O here. I think mad about getting sat on the bench all season long. Russell is out to uh, prove something here. Give Denver something to root for next year. Albert Okuda. Prove that coach wrong. That's what he wants to do. That's a, He has yeah, no, that's nothing right. to prove more than that coach being gone. Uh, I'm going to go Trey McBride, 3,300 Arizona. Um, I, clear connection there last week against Atlanta. I'm going to say Trey McBride, someone that I was definitely not on last week at all, and I'm going to be overweight on this week, so probably go for one for like 16 or something. Uh, defense. Defense for 10-plus points this week. I I don't think I'm going to rule out any defense this week. I'll let you pick whoever you want. All right. I think there are a lot of defenses that could score 10 points this week, honestly. Um, my favorite is Minnesota against Nathan Peterman. The Bears have given up a ton of sacks. Nathan Peterman loves to throw interceptions. Minnesota is my favorite defense of the week. I like that. Um, I think that's a fantastic call. I... I'm going to go Houston. I gosh, I really like the Houston Texans defense this week. 2700. I'm just I'm really quick. I'm I'm just curious. Projected ownership for the Texans. They're actually at 5%. Like that's not terrible for a defense. Um Minnesota's the highest projected owned defense. Good job, Keith. Chalky. Chalky oh. Keith. Um <laughs> just kidding. All right. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't like playing the highest on defense. I did I honestly did not even look at it's at gonna change so much portion. from now until um Saturday. I All love right. your Houston call. I like the other side of that game too. I like Indy quite a bit as well. Like both Third of these teams, I'm telling you, slate. they're they're <laughs> trying to lose. <laughs> Third highest on defense on the slate. Well, you know. <laughs> all right let's talk some bets um any money line against the spread bet that is standing out to you here uh minnesota minus seven and a half is is not enough uh chicago wants to lose minnesota wants to get an early lead so that they can rest i think they're up by three scores at halftime yeah i like that one i'm gonna go dallas minus seven i think that line's a little low um I mean, Dallas definitely playing for something. Washington starting a rookie quarterback. Um, getting his first NFL start against a really, really tough Dallas defense. So I think Dallas definitely pedal on the gas here. Um, at least until they they know like Philly's up by a lot. So I'm going to go Dallas minus seven in this one. Uh, any over-unders that you like this week? I have Houston Indy under 38 and a half. <laughs> right now um i mean we have davis mills slash jeff driscoll versus sam ellinger like i don't and two teams that really want to lose the game so give me the under in houston indy okay so this one this one all depends on the baltimore game i think baltimore is going to lose to cincinnati for what it's worth um so i like the over in the chargers game if baltimore loses that's I'm putting a asterisk next to it. 
you you're gonna have to bet this one probably close to the line like I, I think you see what's going on in the third quarter of the Cincinnati game. And if this line is still around like 41 ish, if Baltimore's losing in the third quarter and this line's like 41 ish, I really like the over in this game. I think it's going to be a, a game. The chargers are going to have to play their guys. I think Russell Wilson has something to prove right now. Um, I also like the over in the Seattle game. I'm hoping that Baker can kind of keep up. So I like the over in that game too. So, you don't want an asterisk one. Take that one. Player props we're going to take off this week. There's nothing. There's nothing posted anywhere. We checked. We looked. There's nothing posted yet. Um, I think we're going to be waiting and seeing what kind of goes down here. But, um, yeah. What are your final thoughts here on week 18? Exciting week. We just said a lot of words about a lot of things that could change potentially. So make sure you are monitoring the news. That is that is our edge this week is to pay attention to the news, the motivation. Um, you can find these spots of guys that may be stepping into larger roles who teams are hoping to get a look at. Uh, maybe guys that are resting people, things like that, that charger situation. If, if Baltimore ends up losing, the chargers have nothing to play for. Make sure you're pivoting off of situations like that. That's that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City wins. You don't want to really take shots on Buffalo, I don't think. Like, you know, it also, like, I mean, it really depends on – a lot of this week, too, depends on what they do with that Buffalo-Cincinnati game. That game has a really large role just in general. Because, um, I mean, that could be a potential spot where, like, Cincinnati rests guys because they have nothing to play for because they beat Baltimore. Or, like, they're, they have the – tiebreaker over baltimore and like we just see so yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where you really got to pay attention to that news i think we get that news friday um i mean you, you, they have to announce that news by the weekend what they're going to do with that game so yeah pay attention to the news um i mean gosh this is just again it's a dream spot for aj brown it's it's a dream spot for justin jefferson if justin jefferson can get the minutes um yeah um yeah man like pay attention to this one this week's interesting that's it week 18 in the books back tomorrow nba back next week maybe a split nfl nba podcast hope everyone has a fantastic week and we'll see you again tomorrow